Welcome to Messy Mondays. Yes, everybody. Welcome to Messy Mondays, the visual podcast slash podcast edition. Yes. We are back with you again with a beautiful and amazing, looking at our faces, live <laughs> broadcast of Messy Mondays podcast. I'm loving this effect. I guess we get to see each other. We get to record at the same time. We get to have a conversation. Um, and it's, I just, I love it. I love yeah. this. I love this and direction. I think once we master this, this is going to be like the only way we're ever going to do this because it just knocks out a whole bunch of things at once, which is what I really like the most. I can't hear you, girl. Oh, there we go. There you go. Um, I, yeah, once we've mastered... See, little technical difficulties. You can hang with us. And if you're listening to us on podcast version, just hang on tight. We got this. No worries. Yes. <laughs> so I want to say, everybody, congratulations for making it this far and for still listening to us. I'm congratulating the listeners. You want to know why? Because this is our 50th episode, guys. <laughs> That's five zero, and honestly, I have to. This is this is for the listeners, because honestly, how else can we have made it this far? No, of course. Well, the listeners, and of course, us with the drive, determination, and really just wanted to make shit happen. Yeah, absolutely. So, congratulations to Messy Mondays and uh, episode fifty. Hopefully, we'll have another fifty, and when we'll have a hundredth episode, it's going to be a really big deal. Here's to fifty more. How was your week? My week was really good. Um, I actually had a few days off of my personal job, so that was cool. I took, like, I enjoyed Miami based a little bit on the conversation that we had last episode. Mm -hmm. Um, I did a lot lot of local stuff, and that was pretty cool. Um, We uh, went to a car show, and that's, like, really popular out here. Um, That happens every year here in Miami um, at the Miami Convention Center, which they redid, and it came out really beautiful. Doesn't it make you want to buy a new car? Absolutely. Like you want to like purchase something. Absolutely. <laughs> and like, and not only that, like you get the opportunity like to sit inside of very expensive cars that you probably would never have had the opportunity to. And it kind of gives you a feel of this is expensive, but it's uncomfortable. You know what I mean? So it's like you learn little things, you know? So that's like, I'm, cool. like I'm not going to step foot in this car or I'm not going to brush up too tight because I might break something. And you yeah, break it, you pay for it. Sometimes the the really expensive cars are tight. You know what I mean. And I'm a pretty tall person. Like you want you think of things like that. Like I have to move my seat back. And if I move my seat back, and if no one can sit behind me, that's not a productive vehicle for me. You know what I'm saying? So it's like little things like that. That was cool. Um, I also got to enjoy uh, Oktoberfest, which was really cool. That is, oh man. You know what? I always like a a, a vision board check off list kind of thing for me is to celebrate Oktoberfest in. Germany, like be very German with the people and experience yeah. that culture. How was that? A lot of beer? It was it was really cool because the way that it works for those of you who haven't been to it out here in Miami, I'm sure it's like that everywhere else. You just pay an entrance fee and you get to sample all the beers from all the local breweries. And you know, breweries are really popular right now. Like it's like that's what everyone's coming up with some type of beer now. You know what I'm saying? So that was pretty cool. Um it was one of those situations that you kind of have to be prepared to like sweat and eat and like drink all day. Cause like, if you don't, you might get sick. You know what I mean? Cause it's, it's a lot of beer. It's a lot of variety of things. And of course you get like seasonal beers that only come out this time of year. 
So oh, it's that's a pretty nice. cool thing. Yeah, I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. And also I went to uh, a pumpkin patch, which was really nice. And I got to like do the fall thing. You know what I mean? Nice. You know, it's, I think there's a German town in Miami. Don't take my word for it. It might not Miami in Florida. There's a German town. I want to say it's closer to the St. Petersburg area, kind of St. Petersburg, Tampa area. Look into that because they might have actual like other Oktoberfest, but more with like within the people, like the culture right. and stuff. Here they have a German town as well. It's quite a drive, um, maybe about two hours. And I have not checked it out. I think it's a German town also. Um, but that's really cool. That is very nice. It's really cool. And I and um I hear that, you know, Germany is a really patriotic place. Like if you go, like they really go hard when it comes to their traditional things. And even when you support like their soccer team, like they're really go hard about their team. So that was really cool. And like, I didn't really get to experience the real German fact. I mean, even though people were dressed, some of them were dressed like with the whole <laughs> German authentic outfit. Um, I've never had the pleasure of actually going to like a real German environment, but I'm looking forward to it. I've always heard very positive things. People say it's fun because they're really like hardcore into. Yeah. I made some, I made some German friends while I was out in Amsterdam and that was really fun to get to know them Um, and their culture, like very cool. Um, I had a friend who lived out in Germany for a couple of years while her husband was in the army. And that was like, she loved it. Like if she was, she would say, if I can move anywhere, I would move back to Germany in a heartbeat instead of just like being here. But I I heard it's a cool city. Seriously. Well, welcome to episode 50. As we talk about different cultures and things we want to explore. Don't forget while you're listening to us to follow us at messy Mondays podcast on Instagram, as well as on Facebook, we have a Facebook page. You can post and tag along with all the topics and things that we're going to be talking about and discuss and let us know your thoughts on this. Um, and don't forget to also follow me at lovemarley underscore and to follow showme at s-h-o-m-i underscore e-n-t. Um, and don't forget to subscribe. And also, if we're on YouTube, there's a subscribe button somewhere around here. I'm going to be one of those YouTubers who'll be like, subscribe here. Don't forget. Like, go ahead and do that for us. Day, right? As yeah. soon as you're watching the video, yeah. Like, before we start. Yeah, yeah. And then hit the bell so you can get a notification. <laughs> So definitely don't forget to subscribe also on your Apple podcast and as well as here on YouTube. And thank you for everyone who participated in uh, episode 49. We had a great special guest and I love the title of strategic friendships. Yes. And you know what? Like four people told me that they're like, I love this title because this is so real. Like it's like you do have strategic friendships. That's like real life. Yeah. We walk around in life knowing I mean, you love your friends and people, their acquaintances, but there's a purpose for these things. And some of them is to elevate yourself. Right, exactly. And a very special thank you to Kanel Sakar. We really appreciate you being our first visual guest. I'm pretty sure you may have been kind of thrown out to the wolves. I'm not sure if you were nervous or not, but you did a great job. Thank you so much. Those of you who want to get to know him and follow him, please follow him at at K underscore E-N-E-L. That's pretty cool. Like his name is the actual name. You know how hard that is to get your name to be your like handle? Yeah, that is kind of tough. Yeah. It's not easy. My, yeah. For me, Marley, it's a little bit tough because everyone associates Marley with weed. And <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I can't get anything. I tried to make a hashtag and I was like, it just came up with weed all over. Right. So shout That's out true. to be able Shout to- out to the Marleys. Yeah, the Marley's with the double E at the end, the Marley's with the I-E at the end, the Marley's with no Y, all of them, 
what up? Yeah, there you go. And um, I want to make sure to let anyone know who wants to be a part of the podcast, please contact me or Marley at any time. Um, We'll be more than happy to just see how we can work together and collaborate and have you as a guest. And if you're ready to be on this visual platform where everybody can see you, you're welcome to be. Yes, for sure. Um, And today's topic is going to be fun. It's near and dear to all of us, I guess you could say, right? Um, it's about love. And love. This, I've already kind of made a name for this, the episode. I haven't told you this. Okay. Very cool. And uh, <laughs> it's, it's interesting because I know lately a lot of people have been channeling, trying to spread more love because we're trying to be more positive as a society, which I really appreciate. Mm-hmm. I even saw a video on Facebook the other day about this guy that randomly would go up to people and just tell them that he loved them. And like the way that people received it was amazing. Like I was thinking that people were going to be like, yo, what's wrong with this guy? Get away from me. Like he was literally going up to random people, men in the street, say, listen, can I tell you something? And the people would be like, what? I just want to say I love you. And everyone's reaction, well, at least the ones they posted, was like, I love you too. Thank you. You made well, my day. nice. Yeah. Well, as long as he's not touching anybody, everyone's going to tell you they love you. Because if you're touching someone physically, then there'd be a problem. But yeah, I mean, scary. walking up to someone saying I love you, that's very nice. That's very sweet. It is sweet. And we hope that even though everything we're going to discuss tonight is not sweet, <laughs> we want to make sure <laughs> that love is, is something that we spread. You know what I mean? Why not? Let's go ahead and hop on the bandwagon of, of positivity. Anything that's positive is great to copy and to move forward and to keep moving. But today we're going to discuss the good, the bad, the ugly, and what works in love as well. And that's going to be our topic. Excited. And so what is area number one? Well, we're going to start with the ugly because you know we messy. So um, how about when the things that happen at home become public? That's the worst feeling in the world. Like when you are in a relationship or you're in that, you know, intimate setting, you know, it's just like when you're at home, like your parents kind of teach you, like, keep what's going on at home at home. Mm -hmm. Don't tell people our problems, our struggles. Like your parents teach you that at a young age, like, you know, there's personal conversations and there's conversations for the public. Same goes for romantic relationships. Nobody wants their dirty laundry out there. That's true. That is a fact. You, you really... You show face, you save face when you're like at home. Like you don't step, you don't take the issues outside. Like you deal with it within the house. You don't show it out there. You don't spread like that has changed with social media now. Like I will say. Very good point. Very good point. Now with social media, it's all about the shock factor and like putting your business out there, I guess, to like be popular. Um, which I'm sure people are selective. I'm sure that everybody doesn't put everything out there. And I'm sure that this whole situation with Emily being fabulous was not part of the plan for everybody to find out about. That wasn't even part of the plan for the fans. <laughs> yeah. Like that wasn't here for us. So tell us the story about M- Emily B and fabulous. All right, guys, everybody knows fabulous rapper from Brooklyn. Um, very witty, good punchlines. We all love him. You know what I'm saying? Girls love him because he's very good at doing the one liners. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So yeah. Emily B, we all know from Love and Hip Hop. She was the girl that was dating Fab that was never getting claimed. And we all knew her as that girl. Never getting claimed. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I mean, I'm saying they've been dating since 2002. That's a long time. That's a really long time. And she's mother of his two children. Now, 
people feel bad for her. They always think she's like the victim and like that she's not strong enough to like step away from this relationship where she's not really being valued. But who really knows? You know what I'm saying? But I know that that's kind of the perception that I have of her. Now, this is a very ugly allegation and a very ugly situation that Fab is going through. Let's go ahead and run through this. According to the cops, um, Fabulous was pissed off after he found out that Emily B was in Los Angeles via Instagram. Um, the pair eventually had a confrontation at their home in Edgewood, New Jersey, where the rapper severely beat her and knocked out her front two teeth. That's supposedly what happened. Shortly after the news broke, uh, a video of Fabulous involved in a heated argument with Emily's brother and father got caught on video and released by TMZ. And I'm sure most people saw it because this was back in March. Um, the rapper allegedly threatened to shoot Emily's father, um, who branded him as a coward for going off the rails after he removed the two handguns from their home, um, which infuriated Fabulous. And it turns out that the video shows Fabulous I guess waving a scissor at the father, yes, and that is considered some type of attempt in assault of some kind. So Fabulous is facing four felony charges related to this alleged assault on Emily B, the mother of his two children. Um, the grand jury in New Jersey indicted the rapper about a week ago um, in account of domestic violence with for with significant bodily injuries two counts of threatening to kill and one count of possession of a weapon, which is the pair of scissors. Um, fabulous. Uh, argued these allegations is very upset. You saw it in the video. He kicked everybody out of his house. He was super upset. Who knows what really got it to that point. One thing I can say is that if you didn't see the video, you can look it up right now because it's a trending topic and it's probably going to come up right away. When he was arguing with everybody and he spoke to Emily B. You saw Emily B react and she got scared. That's the one where she screamed, right? Where yeah. she like, she was like, she was nervous. She was very nervous. Um, Emily claims that Fabulous repeatedly punched her in the face and knocked out her two front teeth. According to the incident that went down on March 7th, three weeks before the blow up on the driveway, all charges for the third degree claims in New Jersey, each charge can, he can make him serve up to five years in prison. And, the funny thing is that they, ever since then, we've seen them attending events together and it seems like everything is all good and like they're okay again, but this is still part of a legal battle and a problem. So even because though the they- state, The state or the city, the, the county or the state decided to continue pressing charges because it's not necessarily her pressing charges on him. Because correct? to my understanding, uh, domestic violence laws or whatever the case may be, if a person has already accused someone of doing any kind of bodily harm to them, mm -hmm. that's already in there. Like, it doesn't matter who takes it back. It's the point record. is, it's on record. And if, like, if you hurt someone and you injured them and she lost her teeth like they're claiming that she did, like, they're still going to pursue it, regardless if she decides not to. You know what I'm saying? So they're okay, but it's not okay. And according to the reports, he's even fetched He's even patched up his relationship with her dad, and he's willing to testify on his behalf at the upcoming trial. The dad is? Mm-hmm. He's getting paid. You think so? There is no form, way, or fashion. You just protected your daughter. You took away all the guns from the house. Your daughter is screaming. The man is coming forward with you with a 
scissors. It is on recorded camera. We are watching you try to protect your daughter. That's you're not getting paid to protect this rapper to testify on his behalf. I'm sorry. It's really a weird situation. It's a weird situation that they are okay. Because honestly, I don't know how, I don't know. I've never been with someone since 2002 to 2018. So I guess I don't know what that feels like. But I just think that if someone knocked out my teeth, I'm not sure if I'm going to be walking around going to parties with this guy again. Like, I don't think I would. And allegedly they got married. Did they? Oh, when? So one of the things that people are alleging is they got married recently, which is why she can't testify. Because in legal court battles, from my understanding, when you're married, they usually don't, you cannot put the spouse on stage to testify against the husband. No, you cannot. That's like a protection. Like, like you're, there's a you're, protection law. So if they got husband married, and wife can't testify against you, right? Yeah, exactly. So if the, after all these years, he decided to marry her or to get married to protect him. Get the fuck out of here. So it was a strategic move for them to get married so she can't testify? A strategic relationship. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. Yeah. Look, I didn't even know that. That's interesting. I heard I that mean, one today, like a couple days can ago. Can she be like that, that weak, you think? I wouldn't say weak, maybe embarrassed. And I don't want to say someone is. It's it's difficult in those matters, in those situations. I mean, we're not in that kind of aspect and that thing. But if you put yourself in that shoe you know, or if you think about past situations, whatever you've ever been in, it's a little difficult to remove yourself from certain things, especially when you're in love and you have a history and you have something with this person and, you know, there's something there. So I think I feel bad for her. I feel bad for her that for all these years we have, the internet has been the absolute, absolute worst when it comes to their relationship because you were on Alba Hip Hop and didn't say his name. You know, like little things. And so she's been criticized for many years about certain things. Um, so that's one thing I feel bad for her for. But there's needless to say, again, we say things that what happens in the house stays in the house. You don't take it outside. So who knows what they're doing to I just think that it's also really embarrassing as a woman to like admit that a man abused you and for you to just walk around like it's okay like I've I know women who have been in abusive relationships before, mm-hmm. and they most of the time they do stay with the guy until like one moment that they just don't you know what I'm saying but like after that first or second altercation they don't always leave the guy like no. that's just something that unfortunately is true about women so it's like I I feel like how are you not embarrassed right now like this is it's unfor- I, I feel really bad for her um, because it's not something you want anyone to go through. I have, I mean, me and my friends have protected other people and other friends before. It's not easy. Um, but this being on the public eye, you would think that she would make a different choice. But it's interesting how this is going to play out because how many years is he looking at? What are five, the charges? It says five years um, per charge? Per crime. <laughs> And they're charging him with uh, basically threatening to kill someone and also putting bodily injuries on someone. So it's like those are different counts. So he could potentially get 10 years. You know what I'm saying? Like he can. He can. This is not looking pretty. That is messy. But she must really love him. 
I don't know because let me give you let me give you an example as a person that's in a relationship. The one thing that I can say is important to me is to feel safe. Like I feel like that's important. You should be with a person that makes you feel safe, sure. protected somehow. I'm not saying that everybody's a bodyguard and they're gonna like take niggas down. No, but I mean like just comfort in that relationship, and you never fear that that person's going to harm you intentionally. Mm-hmm. The way that she physically reacted to him getting close to her is not the was first time. Really scary to see that terror in her eyes. Like she was terrified of this guy. That's the only reason why I believe that this is true because I saw how she reacted. Like she was in fear when this guy got close to her. And that's not good. I that scream was like a screech where you have heard like you have you're already scared of that already. Did it feel seem like that to you? Like you he was she was already scared of that. Like she knew she she experienced she fears that him. She fears him. No, straight up she fears him. And whether or not he knocked the Hatif or not, I don't know. We don't know. But the point is, he has done something to make her feel fear. This before. Yeah. This mm-hmm. is not the first. Yeah. Wow. Shout out to Emily B. And to Fab. I mean, and we love Fab. Like, like you think about high school, you think about Fabulous and what you played. So it's unfortunate that... Our faves, a lot of our faves end up, you know, in these situations. Being ugly people on the the personal side. And not only that, like, he's like a female-loved rapper. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like he's, like... His audience is females. Big time. It's not like he's, like, DMX, like, aggressive. You know what I mean? It's like, this guy is, like, he talks to the female audience. And it's like, this is a shocker. This is like if Drake beat a bitch. You'll be like, Drake? No. Yes, we can't have that. No, nah, Aubrey's nice. Aubrey's a nice guy. We're praying because Aubrey <laughs> had a baby on the side with a stripper. He already blew our minds. And already, Drake was the, like, and you're right, because Fabulous was the guy, or his music is, like, for the girls and for the lovers and, like, kind of, like, all these cute, sexiest things. Drake sold us on the fact, and he said this on this recent interview, not sold us, but his content was literally about loving girls and loving women and having a family and not being like his parents and wanting to have something solid and then he knocks up a girl like a random chick that we had no emotional time he goes i need him pretty like that was (laughs) no but then he goes he goes i wish i would have had the rihanna family aspect duh motherfucker that's what we all wanted for you was the whole thing so this fat thing, I mean, hurts more women than, than anybody else. Absolutely. Well, Absolutely. no, you knew Fab was dog, too, because he never claimed her, never married her. So that's a whole nother subject. Yeah, he, he's a player type of guy. Like, he, he <laughs> has that, you know, womanizer type of vibe. And yet we still follow. Think about this for a second. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's kind of a womanizer. You know? We're over here. But, but like, for real, for real womanizer. Yeah, but. Whatever, look, we want this to work out, Emily, and we hope you're in a safe space. Um, I hope that you're doing this for the right reasons and not because you're afraid. We're praying for you, girl. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of other celebrity relationships and love. All right, guys, 
I know, first of all, I know this is totally your lane because these are your people, okay? But honestly speaking, I was not surprised when I heard that Adria okay. um, Grande and Pete Davidson broke off the engagement. I was not surprised. Nobody was. I literally text all my friends and be like, duh. Like, we all knew this was going down this road. We all knew this was happening. I mean, Ariana Grande is pretty young. 23? She's definitely in the low 20s. I don't know the exact number. She's pretty young. The girl was on Disney like 10 years ago. Like, this wasn't a long time ago that she was on Disney. You know what I'm saying? And she was on that show and she had that funny voice and she had that red hair. You know what I'm saying? So like we know her from way back then and she's always been a younger person. So in general, whenever I hear celebrities getting engaged super young, I'm just like, okay, I don't know how long this is going to last because you're famous and shit and blah, blah, blah. But the Pete Davidson thing, I was just like, really? You guys are getting married? Like, that's how I felt. So from my understanding, I don't know if you have the story in front of you. Um, and if you're going to dive deep into detail, but from my understanding is like, they got engaged only a few months after her breakup with Mac Miller. If the timeline is correct. It was rebound ish. Rebound ish. You don't think it was rebound ish. You wouldn't consider that rebound ish. I wouldn't consider it rebound ish because I mean, for him to just hop on it and engage the girl. Cause he was in a long time relationship too, prior to Ariana from what I recall. From what I remember seeing or reading once they got engaged. But how long was she with Mac Miller though? Because I, I don't know almost that. Two years. Okay. And that's long like for two a 21. For like a 21 year old, that's a long time. And two years in the sense of like, she went through that Manchester bombing or wherever that was in London, that bombing that happened and he was with her in that time. So it was like a long two years too. That was really tough. I kind of forgot that she went through that. That's. And that's why the past couple of weeks, you keep thinking about the, you think about her and then you're like, oh, she went through a lot. So she had that situation happen. And then what else happened right after that? Some other things happened and then her album rolled out and everything's going great, whatever. And then the church thing happens at Aretha Franklin's. Remember that? Where she was like being groped up or whatever. <laughs> that was wild. Okay. Super wild. <laughs> and then right after that, Mac Miller dies. Yeah. And so in that time frame, she's breaking up with him. The church thing happens. She's getting engaged. She's dating this guy. She gets engaged. Nobody, everyone's like confused about the guy and her. And then our ex-boyfriend dies that she was with for two years and just out of nowhere passes away. And I think that she admitted that she wasn't fully invested in her relationship with Pete Davidson and that she rushed into marriage and that what happened with Mac Miller really impacted her. Like she just had like a a realization of an honest moment in her life. And she said, you know what? Like, I'm I'm not going to lie to myself. And I'm very proud of her for that because- She loved herself in that situation. Yes. And I really like that because honestly, the worst thing to do is to like mislead a person that loves you. So mm-hmm. if, if let's say Pete Davidson really did love her to the point that he, you know, wanted to be engaged to her, it's not fair for him to be in a, in a relationship or a marriage with a person that's not fully there. And I think that that was smart of her. You know what I mean? 
And like, I, and that also teaches a lesson that is not, that's not how you get over a love. You don't just try to fall in love with somebody else. Yeah. You just don't rebounds are for exactly that. It's just the rebound. It's just for the bounce back. And when you back up, you move it along and you go on and search for the right and search for the next, or, you know what I mean? You focus, you're, you're refreshed. Um, and I think I'm happy that she, like you said, she realized, she put into realization of what she was doing and that she was moving fast or that it was super fast approaching and needed some time. And that the effect of the death of her ex-boyfriend has a major impact on her. And imagine him, imagine Pete Davidson, you're going like she was, and you can tell she was very traumatized. You can tell she was very hurt by it because by her post and the things that she wrote and the way she was acting. Cause she even had a moment on Twitter where she was like, why me? Why is everything happening to me? Why is it, you know what I mean? Like she had a very like emotional moment on Twitter and like saying why I'm not okay. Like blah, blah, blah. So you can tell this young girl is going through the emotions and needs the break and needs to pump it. Um, she has a fantastic album from what I heard. I've only heard a couple songs, but now she doesn't get to celebrate that because her emotions are not holding place. Um, yeah. Real life took a toll, you know? Took a big toll on her. And she made a song about Pete Davidson. Everyone says it's good, but I've never listened to it because I don't want to hear about Pete Davidson. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I was a huge Mac Miller fan. I am a huge Mac Miller fan. So I'm kind of biased in the situation. I understand. But shout out to you, Ariana. And I hope Pete Davidson, you're taking this breakup okay. They claim that they're still friends. So that's, that's, that's a very mature thing. No, it's very mature. And plus, she's taking care of Mac Miller's dog. How would you feel about that? First of all, it must be really hard for your ex to die. That is tough. Yes. I, I have a friend tough. who's actually her, her, her ex passed, and that was very hard for her. That's tough. Now, as far as if my current relationship, if he was taking care of his deceased spouse or girlfriend or whatever's dog... Um, I guess I would understand. Like, I wouldn't be bullheaded about it. Like, it's like, you know, I'm a dog owner. I get it. Like, they need love and they need familiar love. And when a, if a dog loses their owner, it's tough because your dog really loves you. So, like, I, I, I'm compassionate in that regards. Yeah, I'm, I'm compassionate. Like, I like the fact that she stepped forward and said, I'll take the dog. You know, you're a pet lover, you're a pet person. And you loved that person who passed. Why not help the family? Why not still have a piece of them with yeah. you? And I guess that's a great direction, a great way to kind of take care of that. That's awesome. Shout out to Ariana. Girl, get your rest. Relax. What's that song? I love that song. What is uh, the... No, left, no, tears, oh. no oh. tears Left to Cry? It's an awesome ass song. I'm sorry. <laughs> Yeah, shout out to you and, and shout out to you loving yourself. Beautiful. Speaking of love, we're going to talk about something very interesting. We're going to talk about the love language, ladies and gentlemen. There is um, something out there circling the web and circling society. It's called the five different love languages. And learning how to speak that language will provide you with the proper communication with the person that you're in a relationship with. It's kind of like a cheat sheet on how to 
connect with the person that you want to have a strong emotional connection with. Mm-hmm. So we are going to share our love languages with you guys tonight because we want you guys to do the same and take the quiz and learn because we're promoting love, as we mentioned earlier. Um, now, interesting enough, I've, I took the test twice because the first one was kind of like a rinky dink situation. <laughs> so then I was like, all right, let me take it again and like take it a little bit more seriously. I was like on the phone, you know, whatever. So um, one thing I noticed that was true about it partially is that I am a physical person. And yeah. when you, when you, when I say physical, it's not like sexual physical, it's like physical touch. Um, basically the language isn't all about the bedroom. Um, the person who's the, uh, the physical touch is very touchy, very affectionate, likes to hug, likes to hold hands, um, um, shows excitement and concern and care in a physical way. Um, if, if that's neglected for me, I do take it as if it's rejection and that I can admit. And I, in general, I am a very physical person. I'm very affectionate. And it's like, I've learned how to control that, you know, working in corporate environments, not to be that way, but you know, I'm one of those people that I'll touch you on the shoulder and I'll touch your hand and like, I'll give you a hug. And like, if you're my friend, I'm probably going to hug you multiple times and I'm probably going to get over you. So like, I, I'm one of those people. Now, as far as my actual love language, what I would say is more accurate because I took the time um, to take the test and like focus. Um, I am very affected by encouraging words and um, positive feedback is very okay. good for me. Um, this is what makes me feel loved. Um, I, am a, I am sensitive to powerful words. So therefore, if you show powerful words to harm, it can affect me. Okay. Just as if you show powerful words and affection, it affects me. And um, I am also one of those people um, who listens to warnings and listens to what you're saying. Like if you're telling me, listen, this doesn't work for me. When you do this, that type of stuff allows me to mold properly as to how I can behave so that it can work. So I am one of those people that communication is super key and it works. So I okay. am that person and that is my love language. I agree. So you agree with all those aspects or like just a few of them kind of hit you? I think that I can agree in a general aspect. Like it does narrow it down. It's like when you read your horoscope, you know, it's a very good summary of, you know, the type of personality that you have, but it's not like to the T, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Because things you get impacted by outside factors. So it does also gives you advice. If your partner were to change some of their behaviors, um, it could help if you harmonize as a couple, nothing is better than to read the results of your test. So some people should take this test and then compare notes. If you are in a relationship with someone else so that you can try to, kind of overcome some of the communication barriers that you may be having. And I thought that was really good advice. I love that. I love that. Like, I love that there's actual connection to what the results are with that, because it's a little tough. Um, I found the test, the test for me to be a little bit difficult because I have a fluctuating um, feeling about it. Like uh, sometimes so I don't usually always want to be touched, but I don't not, not want you to touch me. Does that make sense? 
You're hot and cold type of person? Like, I'm so fine. Like, my love language came out to be acts of service. Okay. So, in that aspect, there's a mix of, like, providing, giving a gift, right? Um, Cleaning the house (laughs) or helping me in some sense, like, physically helping me, words of encouragement. And then there's also, like, the girl wants a hug, too, randomly. Like, does you don't need to, you don't have to tell them in advance or anything. It's just, like, literally, I'm just, like, random hugs and kisses works also. Does, right. you know what no, I, I get it. Because a lot of the questions were, like, do you prefer a gift or for the person to help you with a problem that's hard for you to solve? Like, and I, I found myself picking help me with the problem. I don't, you know. Yeah, because I'm gift. okay with the gifts. I'm not, I'm not, the gift is not necessary to me. Yeah. You know, like, I, I prefer for you to help me physically with something especially if I need help if I'm in need of help you're able to recognize that and see that so that's it's just it was difficult a little bit the test to decide whether that is my love language and what option because I feel like I fall in all areas of that because I don't know I I, I don't know I guess give me everything (laughs) make all five of the languages mine and it's just weird I'm a very complicated I guess individual sometimes it suffices in me nothing I can do about it (laughs) but you know what I think that you made a good point because sometimes I think sometimes things are like seasonal you know what I mean like if you're let's say that you're going through a time in your life that you have two jobs because it's rough right now Mm -hmm. it is what it is I have two jobs I I need to like pay this loan off or I need to buy a car or whatever I'm going through a transition at that time of your life, you're going to want a person that's going to help you pick up the slack. You know what I'm saying? And like, you're going to say, please, you know, like cook sometimes and like do the laundry and like, help me out. I'm tired. Like, don't make me, if you have kids, don't make me to do everything that has to do with the kids. Like help me out in that way. So I can understand at that time, the type of love that you need is a person who's going to be in the service way, like, you know, taking care of me and somehow versus if, you know, you're going through like a really hard transition because your boss is an asshole. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're going to need love. You're going to need a hug. You're going to need the affection. Communicate. Like, and so here's the thing. Like, I'm not a huge communicator. I talk. <laughs> I talk on, on podcasts and things like that. I'm, I'm a social person, but I'm not a huge communicator when it comes to really being direct and really communicating feelings and thoughts, right? When it, depending on the situation and the circumstance. Um, so that's why sometimes that love language doesn't work for me, but I need to know what's great about this is that you should know what your partner's love language is in order yeah. to be successful. In 100%. order to make it balance, in order to make this function and work your partner's love language, you should know that because that's the only way this whole quiz even works or even functions for some people. That's true. And it's like, it's also kind of like kind of knowing the person that you're with and knowing when they're going to have like a breakdown. You know what I mean? Like that's part of the love language too. Like some people can be great at everything, but that one area is an area of weakness. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like, you know, like for example, like some people have a really bad relationship with their parents Mm -hmm. and it's hard when they come in communication with their parents. 
And you know that if you're going to go to Thanksgiving with these people to go see their parents, like at that time, you have to be extremely sensitive to what your partner's experiencing and you have to learn how to help them cope through that process. So it's like you have to switch it up. You have to kind of learn and say, you know what, in this area, this person's not good at this. You know what I'm saying? Like this is not something that they can really combat. So my responsibility as your partner is to try to help elevate you through this rough time where you're weak. You know what I mean? So it's like that can be easily resolved or it could be easy, easily detected if you do this type of research. And I know that people are like, oh my God, that sounds too complicated. Not really. Like if you really want something to work, you have to work at it. You know what I'm saying? Like things don't just happen like a, a miracle. I've never met a person that has that is married that has said that it's easy. <laughs> I've never ever met a person that's married that said, yo, this shit is the easiest thing. No, everyone who's <laughs> married work. says, yo, it's work. That is actual physical work. And then there was a point where you said um, communication. What if these love languages don't actually function? What if your significant other just doesn't fall with it? I, I think it'd be very difficult like an, enough. Like an opposite, like a total opposite, you mean? Yeah. So if you and your, if you are not a communicator and your significant other is a communicator, how do you make this work? It's How not, do you make this function? I don't think is it, it is. Possible? I don't think it is because I have been in relationships where the person does not communicate. Okay. And I've been in a relationship where the person is a fantastic communicator. Like to talk too much, communicates too much? Well, talking too much is a terrible thing too, but I'm saying like a person who can articulate their thoughts properly and actually tell you what the problem is, is a major key in a relationship versus let's play this guessing game of like what's really going on and playing like all women, we all do this. I'm going to just do the silent treatment and act like this until you ask me what's wrong. I'm going to tell you nothing is wrong. (laughs) And then I'm going to really be mad because you stop asking me what's wrong. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, yeah. You know, that's a, that's an issue that women do. And I've been working on that myself. Like if something is wrong, I, I actually say it. I'm like, you know what? Yeah, that bothered me. And, you know, next time don't go about it that way. So that really de-escalates the problem so much faster than doing the passive aggressive approach. So no. it's like, I don't want to be with a person that doesn't know how to communicate. I have already, some comments coming in, so I'm sorry if I'm looking down. I have comments coming in, flooding through the gates. Oh, wow. That's awesome. So if it's if it's just me looking down for a moment, I apologize, guys. I'm trying to catch up on the... Trying to move, do two things at once here. You need that intern. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that intern. I need that studio where, like, seeing an studio where the comments are just showing up on the background yeah. or something. Yeah. I need, like, a whole techie thing. So... We have Takara Williams on YouTube here. And she, I guess her language is sweet language. She must have her own language going on. Or someone's given her some sort of language that she likes because she wrote sweet language. So whatever, nice. whoever's given that language, go ahead, girl. Get your language on. That's a whole different... <laughs> see, they made their own language of what they, yeah. what they like to communicate with. Um, we have a comment coming in saying, we have nice teeth and we appreciate that. Oh. Thank you for the comment. <laughs> And people definitely loving the jokes that we made about the Drake thing um, and very upset and sad about Fabulous. 
and what happened Aww. to them. So thank you guys hey, for coming. Thank commenting. you so much. <laughs> That's awesome. That's really but, beautiful. Yeah, I, I can imagine to people who don't have, you shouldn't have the same love language with one another, but there should be a love language that is cohesive with each other in some sort of way. I agree with that. That's a good way of going about it. And plus, it's kind of like, you know, those um, toxic relationships where everything becomes a fight and everything yes. becomes an argument. That's yes. just because you guys don't know how to speak to each other. It's like everything is like a blow up. And it's like it could be because they're not taking this quiz <laughs> to understand how to talk to each other. So if you're having a little moment in your relationship, taking the quiz is not a bad idea. I think that's a good aspect. I guess I'll remember that for the next go round is yeah. let's take this quiz and see if you're actually compatible. And this, or get an idea and then that way when I learn that person's language or that person learns my language you put in the effort to do part of those things right and if anybody wants to give us some more advice on how to communicate effectively if anyone is in the mental health field therapist or a person who works in that world we're on YouTube you never know who's watching and you guys want to give advice on how to have a healthy relationship that will be great you know what I'm saying? Because there's a lot of things that you can never stop learning when it comes to communication and when it comes to properly treating humans. You know what I mean? Like we're just so different at different stages of our life. Yeah. So it's like, you know, like things change and like what worked for you then is not going to work again. You know what I the mean? Next one. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Every relationship is different and every relationship has to have is, is has to be treated differently and approached differently in these things. Absolutely. Now we're going to talk about the subject of marriage because marriage is the ultimate win in love, right? Isn't that like the well, graduation? Yeah, I guess that's the way to put it. It's, it, it's the end all, not the end all be all, but it's the, <laughs> it is the purpose for certain things. It's the purpose of, I'm assuming it's the purpose that everyone wants to reach when they're out in the dating world and they're seeing. At least culturally, that's what we've been doing for many, many years. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is kind of what you do when you find someone, you marry them. Like, that's kind of like the Mm -hmm. end of that. So we're going to talk about something really interesting, which is arranged marriages Mm -hmm. and how the phenomenon of this is kind of coming back. You know what I mean? Like, in a way... We're going to start first with Trash TV, one of our best favorite shows, Married at First Sight. I haven't watched the season, so you're going to have to fill me in. I've been on a 90 Day Fiance, and that's okay. a hot mess. But fill me in on Married at First Sight. This is, this is what I'm going to recommend. The reason I think this is a good one is because it seems as if the characters actually want to be in love. Okay. This season, like, everyone is looking in this, like, really genuinely trying to be in love. I haven't finished the season, but I have seen a lot of the episodes. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if you saw last season where they had um, the couple, the white couple with the very thin girl and the guy that was like really in shape. And she kept on saying she wasn't attracted to the guy. I think so. I think I remember a couple of those episodes. And she yeah. never had sex with him the whole time they were together. And like the guy was like really frustrated by that. How long are they together for? It's like three months? They first? It was like three months. And I'm not saying that people shouldn't wait, but I think that three months is a long time to not have sex with a person that you're married to. That's just my be, opinion. Not even, well, that's probably because they don't know the person. But three months, let's say if you're in a dating world, is a little bit, probably a little bit longer. I think a it's long a long time. time. 
And this, this is from is, a person that that's not doing the Christian thing. That's what I'm saying. I'm not. No, doing no, no. Of Christian. course. But I'm thinking where, damn, you just married this random ass person. <laughs> like you don't know this person. Like you didn't get to know this person, and yeah. then be be uh, close with them. Do you get what I'm saying? Like yeah, you didn't yeah, yeah. choose this person for yourself. You didn't. But then again, the reason these people are on the show is because they they want experts to, to use. Chosen. Yeah scientific data <laughs> to kind of figure out a way for people to find a good partner, which is what dating apps do, by the way, dating yeah. apps, just gather information that you fill out. By the way, guys, when you get on the dating apps, you're supposed to answer those hundred questions that they ask you. And I'm pretty sure nobody does. You're supposed to answer all of them, honestly. And that helps them connect you with people that match your profile. Sure. That's what match.com is. That's what, POF is, that's what Christian Mingle is, that's what POF is not. (laughs) Guys, don't knock it until you try it. The point is that that's what these apps do. The apps ask questions so that you can whatever. How do I know? Because I've done it. So it's Mm -hmm. like, that was in my single days. You try a lot of things and you figure things out and you know what works and what doesn't. So that is kind of a modern way of kind of getting set up if you really think about it there's some type of an algorithm that matches you with this person you know what i mean but for whatever reason we're comfortable with that okay so now this show comes out and it's like becoming the arranged marriage thing two people are arranging you because they think that you guys make sense but culturally we normally know that indians have embodied the arranged marriage thing Mm -hmm. to my understanding for the longest period of time because i believe they still do so right yes now, I have some really awesome stats Go about ahead, arranged marriage. This blew my mind. Okay. 40 to 50% of married couples in the United States and Canada end in divorce. 40 okay. to 50%. I believe it. It's a large number, guys. Okay. I believe it. Only 4% of couples in arranged marriages end in divorce. Four. Percent is it maybe because you have to spend a longer time to get to know the person and cycle later in the day? Like, <laughs> like you I have to know, grow I, I, with this person and learn to know this person. Numbers don't lie. The point is that numbers don't lie. When you giving me numbers, like, look, Diana, you're gonna lose your money. There's a fifty percent chance you're gonna lose your money if you put your money in here, or there's but a fifty percent chance that you're gonna lose your money if you put it in here. I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to go with the 4% chance. I'm not saying that I wanted to make arranged marriage, but I'm just talking about, it seems like maybe there's a method that works here. You know what I'm saying? All right. Couples in arranged marriages tend to feel more love for one another as time goes on versus couples in loving that get married for love tend to feel less love for one another as time goes on. One more time. Couples that are in arranged marriages grow more in love with each other. Mm-hmm. And couples that marry for love grow out of love as yes. time goes on. Oh, I freaking believe it. Absolutely. Of course. <laughs> Mind blown. <laughs> like, it's like, wow. Of course. I, I 100% agree because you don't know this person. You have to learn and grow with this person you were arranged with. The person you marry because you loved them, because you know them, you fucking get annoyed of them a couple years down the line. And you have to figure out how to redo everything that you had before. Whereas for arranged marriages, you're just learning the whole time. 
Yeah. You're just like if you marry your high school sweetheart, you'd be like, I've known this person since I was 12. 12. And I look at you. What huh? And I low-key hate you. <laughs> yeah, like you're you're never leaving. Yeah. And then in an arranged marriage, you'd be like, Well, I've never known you before. Like I don't know anything of your life from 30 all from one to 30. Right. And now I get to know the person. Now I have to learn to know you and get to know you. Yeah. So like, and that's a little bit more intriguing than it is to marry your high school sweetheart or something like that. And I think, yeah, like it makes sense. I think that makes sense. They say that every step is intentional when you're in an arranged marriage um, because basically you go into it as very decision-making. Everything is like a logical decision. You make decisions that make sense for the stability of your relationship. You decide things based on that versus emotions. So that causes a lot less um, mistakes that affect you that are bad. Like, for example, if you're like emotionally making decisions and overspending you know what I mean? That's going to create a strain in your relationship because you made that decision based on something that wasn't based on facts and numbers versus in an arranged marriage. You guys are already going in there with a very logical way of thinking. So therefore, you're going to you're going to buy the home that makes sense for the money that you guys make. You guys are going to, you know, get the schedule that makes sense, have children at the time frame that make, like it's like it's more planned, I guess. You know what I'm saying? So therefore, since you're going into the love with intentional purposes, like that creates success. That makes sense. Because, and then you, when you say you're making decisions within that marriage because you want to be cautious and careful. Um, I, and again, I'm not married. I just want to share that fun fact. But (laughs) you, it does make sense that you're being more intentional because now you're like, does this person like this idea or choice? Would this person be interested in this? You know, you putting that other person into actual thought when making yeah. decisions. Because you're truly trying to make it work because it's like you guys got set up. So it's like you're going to put an effort, you know, it's like it's like when you got a job, like, you know, I'm going to try to do a good job. You know what I mean? I'm going to come in here and I'm going <laughs> to learn. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think the resume, but I will do my best. Yes. I'm going to try to live up to the expectations my resume <laughs> said I had. <laughs> so it looks pretty on paper. <laughs> It right. looks super pretty on paper. Yeah, but like you definitely do things based on intention. I can see that. I can see that. Would you be, ever be open to an, oh, well, you're in a relationship, but I just Well, know. I am in a relationship, but one thing I can say that. An arranged marriage is what I'm saying. That stood out to me is this. One of the things that I can say, and I'm definitely going to get personal right now. Um, me and my current relationship, we fell for one another quickly. And when I say we fell for one another quickly, it wasn't like, um, we were in love quickly. It was kind of like we both wanted to be committed. So it was like okay. we had that in common. So mm-hmm. our intentions were all for the greater good of a long-lasting relationship. A relationship. And, yeah. Right. And since this is the first time in my adult life that I have gone into something responsibly that way, and I said, you know what? I want to see this end up in a good path. And like that was how I started it versus, you know, this is just like a whirlwind of lust. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it changes the dynamic because now you behave in a, in a fashion where it's like you avoid m- the minefield of bullshit. All these, all these, all these other things. 
and yeah. like all the negativity, like everything just kind of like shells out. Yeah. You cut off the inappropriate side texting. You cut off the, you know, the friend that was not really the friend that you kind of had the little thing with. You cut those things off. You cut off the temptation. You know what I'm saying? Because you know that that's not going to be productive for my greater good. You know what I mean? So it's like, I feel like going into it with a more mature sense, I would have never been able to do that at a younger age. And like you said, it's very different when you're meeting a person after you're 30, because now I get to know you after the mess, you know what I'm saying? And then also it's kind of like, it's fun to like hear about 22 year old self or 21 year old self or the mistakes that you made and the jobs that you had, like, it's fun. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying it's not. So you kind of, kind of get to grow. So I can understand how this works. So yeah. hopefully I never have to have an arranged marriage because hopefully I found the person that I don't have to do that. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I kind of understand it now. I kind of get why it makes sense for people to arrange two people that they know will make sense together. It's like being a matchmaker. Really? People go to, people pay lots of money for matchmaking. Lots of money. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about that later. Okay, there you go. And then there's the rest of society, which is Americans. We have this Disney dream of this fantasy of marriage that is so unrealistic. Yeah. Like we have an unrealistic understanding. And it states it here that we're culturally inclined to go after this fantasy um, that the person of our dreams is going to fall in love with us and they're going to sweep us off our feet and we're going to be happily ever after. And in reality, um, that's not how life works. And, um, <laughs> people are just not going to ride up in a white horse. And Man, like, don't you wish that Prince Charming was so <laughs> Right, right. You know, sometimes you're very fortunate and you find a great human that is a perfect match for you. And when you find that, you cherish it and you hold it very dear. But the person's not going to be on a white horse and the prince of like Arabia. Everyone is not gonna get Harry, and Megan is not gonna meet and go on a blind date and then marry you know, the prince of England. You know what I mean? Megan put the pressure on all y'all friends out there who be setting people up with blind dates. And now it's like now I gotta be strategic with the friends I got. Right? That's why strategic <laughs> friendships matter. They because do. let me tell you, you don't know who your friends know. Or who your acquaintance know. And that's how Megan got set up by her friend. I don't think she even knew her friend knew the prince of, of the England. Of England. Mm-hmm. Like, that is insane. So those setups and those blind dates, they knew those people match and they didn't know each other. And it worked out. So, like, it can still work out in a blind date. And it can still work out in the American kind of aspect, which is the blind date part. Right, yeah. just throw them in there and see what happens. Like they can make it happen. Okay, but let's be honest here. Who likes blind dates? I've never been set up. Well, no, I lied. I would you be I'm, open to it? I feel like people don't like that. I would be open to it, but I it would need to be a friend who actually truly knows me. Like I can't just have a random person say, hey, I'm going to set you up on a blind date. It doesn't work that way. You don't know my personality. You don't know me. You don't know my interests. You don't know what I'm looking for. So it had to be someone who really knows me. Um, Not necessarily knows what I'm looking for, but just knows me. And things I would like and don't like. But sometimes people who are very observant see things in you that you'll be surprised. 
That's who. And then we may not be friends after the blind date. <laughs> Damn, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> so you're risking yourself a lot. It'd be like, what the hell is that foolishness you set me up with? Yeah. So, but I'm open to I don't know. I think that um, back in the day, whenever anyone tried to hook me up with someone, I would get so insecure in my own head that like, I'll be what do you like, think of me. Yeah. And I'm like, what if this guy doesn't like me? You know what I'm saying? So it's like, it would just mess with my head. Like, I don't know. It was, it was all me. It was all in my head. So it's like, that's probably why I never necessarily allowed anyone to like hook me up. I'm at a stage where I'm open to it. Okay. Yeah. I'm not, you know, you're the person that's not going to kill me because my friend knows where I am because they set me up on this situation. Right. And it's going to be in a public environment. All and it's going to be a public things. environment. We have people in common and that makes dating a lot easier when you know someone in common. It kind of gives it a little bit of a flexibility and something to talk about. To That's true. Mention. Um, so I'm definitely open to it. Arranged marriage. I know people who have successful 10-year marriages so far with arranged marriages. Wow, look at that. Um, and I forgot they attended their wedding. But um, Did they meet before the wedding or no? I don't know the whole story. I, I really don't know the whole story. Okay. But I know that it definitely is an arrangement. Um, and I'm assuming they did. Because I'm assuming my friend met him. Um, yeah. As a, as a sibling. Met him. You know, just for curiosity. But... Um, arranged marriages, I guess it has to be at a very far point, a very, very far point, like final decision. Um, I know someone who is working with a matchmaker and seeing how that goes. How's that going? Have they been on a date? They have been on a date and it's not me. Oh no, don't smile. No, no, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not smiling because I'm smiling because I met a matchmaker tonight. Ironically, I swear to God, I swear to God. And I'm about to ask them to be on the show. (laughs) Like, I swear to God. Um, Do they settle in Seattle and do it for free? No, actually, he he works all over the country, to my understanding. Really awesome guy. We might need to have him on the show. That might be interesting. Um, For her, it's a different situation. um, And where, in my personal opinion, she has a lot of, like, a lot of, a lot of things on her checkoff list. That narrows the search. Um, and we are in a location where that person may not exist. And I think that's my thing. Mm. Um, but she's been on one date so far. Um, I'm not sure how far along the matchmaker is or the services, but definitely I'm keeping you updated as I learn more from her. Because I do that's ask really a lot cool. of questions. I wish her much luck. I hope that she gets a result. I do too. It's one of those things where I really hope it really functions and works for her because that I'm not sure why she made that choice or why it was her decision, you know, to go that direction. I guess it would be a peak in somewhere in life where you say that's the direction I'm going to go to. Yeah. So, Or sometimes admitting that you need help and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just like... I'm not making the right decisions. The people that I'm choosing are not compatible with me. I need someone to kind of help me stop making these bad decisions. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? And maybe the matchmaker dives deeper, searches deeper, and has a database of people who may actually fall within what your criteria is and what you're looking for. 
Or people who keep dating the same person and expecting a different result. Yeah. It's like you have to stop dating that same person. And I'm pretty sure everyone has to have that experience where you're dating a person that shares so much similarities (laughs) to the last person that it didn't work with. And you keep choosing that same person, choosing that same person, and then you're never really fulfilled. So it's like sometimes maybe a third party needs to kind of tell you that and say, you know what? A, B, and C doesn't work, and you've been doing that, and hey, there we go. Hopefully, if she finds love, she'll be willing to come on the podcast and share her story. That'll be amazing. Give her some insight. I'll have a conversation with her and see if she's she's into it. But this was fun. It was. I loved it. It It was a positive vibe. Yeah, we went from really sad stories to positive ones. Um... I, yeah, it's all intriguing. Um, love has all different variations of people, things, acknowledgement, feelings, um, just all around, just, just, it's, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Like Kanye says, love everyone, be with love, or, love or, all. Right, or, or, or show love or start with love or whatever he's saying. And hate, love, all some foolishness that man. You know what it is about Kanye, and I'm definitely not gonna spin out and talk about him. I feel like his message is lost always it, because he's a terrible communicator. He's a, and that's not his love language, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because let me tell you, that man rambles, and it's just there's no period in between. There's no stops. There's no pauses because. When you go back and listen to him, you'll be like, oh, I got it. All right. Like, you know what I mean? You've, you've, you kind of like yeah. find it. But when it's just happening and it's just a constant ramble, it's very difficult to say, like to understand and, 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 and really soak in what he's saying. Um, his message is lost. Always. There's, I've come to the conclusion of a couple things. And I don't want to, I don't want to use mental health as an issue, but I think it's not mental health. I think there's mental health is involved and he's flat out um, um, stated that, but there's, I think a little bit other antics that apply to this that is for a purpose for something else. Yeah. And um, honestly, the mental health thing is um, a factor with rambling and with rapid thoughts. That's just facts. That has nothing to do with. And he stated that he is bipolar. So that's, that's. There's and no when more. you have that disease, you have rapid thoughts. and You, you have think. rapid thoughts. But I also think he's being, being used by people and by others, by anyone, also for their seeking, their seeking of attention. Um, and that's unfortunate. And he's not being stopped to say, hey, relax, put your thoughts together. They're actually just letting him be. And that's where it becomes ineffective. One day we'll we'll do the the story of Kanye on the Messy Mondays podcast because boy you have you can give us content for days like you is I'm a it's like Kanye's the type of person that you're afraid to even report what's happened because something else is gonna happen yeah and also like I've never I've completely checked out from it where it comes on my feed and I just keep passing it I'm not mad at it I'm not angry about it I'm just annoyed that it exists and that it's occurring. 
Like, I just keep scrolling. And I'd be like, why are we keep posting this? Like, if you don't want to pay attention to it, don't, and you want to talk shit about it, why keep posting it? Or why giving it attention? I just keep scrolling. I haven't removed it. I haven't double tapped it. I just keep moving. Because I'm not going to absorb. It's not for me. Or right. I don't want to be, I don't want to take part in it. If that makes sense. Like, it just that don't. makes sense. I think what I don't like about it is that I don't like the truth that comes out from everyone else when he does these things. It really, it, it puts, it turns me off. I don't like that everyone gets so righteous and it's un, it's not, it's, it's not genuine. It's like, you guys are all so righteous now. And it's like, I feel like I don't like that. Yeah, no, I, I want to, it's, it becomes where you're no longer upset at him because of what he's saying. Well, you're upsetting him with what he stands for, but also upset at him what he's saying, but yet agree with parts of what he's saying. It gets very weird. It's very, very entwined. And I think he's just not the right person to speak on it. And that's all it is. It's, right. it's just, he's not supposed to be the messenger of anything. <laughs> wow. just, he's not like, a, like he was once that messenger and he is no longer that messenger for he's things. still the messenger we just need to polish it up a bit is is it like he's he's a, he's entitled to feel how he feels oh, of course and it's just like i think that's what bothers me the most because it's like what happened to america here like aren't we supposed to just be embracing everyone's opinion it's like why do we give a fuck so much the difference is i don't care about his opinion his his wording of his opinion is just not like we said there's no period like the rambling thoughts yesterday he was on live talking about aliens and how we're going to be which is fine i've heard all the rambles before about aliens and then randomly i'm sorry we just got deep into it but let me tell you something that's just weird and how i connected things being very weird where he rambled about um, not having a state of minds and that people are trying to control us and being in control of us. And then in the same sentence, D, without a period, <laughs> without a pause, says, Sony ATV won't let go of my publishing. And Big John doesn't want to have the conversation. Is, is something, something, something. You know what happened earlier that two days ago and who Big John is? Big John is the person who runs the publishing for Warner Brothers slash whatever, who's the man that they, that every single one of his friends, Kanye's friends, were at this event, Beyonce was performing, and they were acknowledging this man for donating over $10 million in all his career to a foundation that, that supports people with mental health and, and breast cancer and cancer search and things like that. So it was just weird. Because you're yelling out a man's name who nobody knows. But earlier this week, everyone saw Beyonce hanging with this man and Jay-Z. And everyone acknowledged him and all these people at this party. Does that make sense? I can't keep up with him. It's like he's like a brat. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, that's what you, it is. But do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Like, all your friends were out partying and celebrating. Everybody and their mother. We went on Snapchat was there. Right? But nobody know we as normal people don't know who this man is. We're just learning from him because everybody's yeah. there in our stories. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, this same week, Kanye starts saying the man's name out of nowhere. And you're just like, what? Two weeks ago, you were talking about something else. Like, it was just weird. 
Well, thought, thank you for spreading the love, Kanye. You're all about the love. That's what you're always saying. I um, want him to spread. We want we want love. Look at us. The story's all, what about love? What's love got to do with it? What's love got to do with it, ladies and gentlemen? And one day we'll we'll talk about the, the Yeezy effect all the way. Oh. <laughs> Caption. Um, and uh, we're going to end the show on positivity and talking about making sure that you guys keep participating in the conversation and sending us those messages while we're recording. It's really cool to know that people are listening. It's really awesome. And uh, we want to make sure to say a special thank you to all of the people who support us. Um, just to mention, I have the honor of saying I just became a member of Toastmasters International and I had a... Nice. Yeah, really cool. I was in a meeting today before I did this and I was so inspired and I'm going to get a little bit of my public speaking skills sharpened. So that's pretty cool. And like meeting a few people. It's crazy how I've done so many different public speaking engagements when it has to be me talking about somebody else or me presenting somebody else or me, you know, doing a presentation for work. Like I'm really good at that. I didn't realize how hard it was to talk about yourself. And I can't write my own bio for our own website. Like I can't do anything that has to do anything about myself. It's really hard. And it's like like I'm learning about myself. I don't like writing about myself. And I don't like when you're asked, um, tell me more. I'd be like, nothing. I don't do anything. What's your special skill? Nothing. What's your secret trick? Nothing. I don't got anything. I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) But I get it. No, that's a lie. But what I'm saying is, it's hard. And I feel like I'm going to gain something really powerful by being able to speak about myself like that. Like I never knew how challenging that was until tonight that I truly, for the first time ever, like was almost like frozen. Like, and that's not me. And it's like, I couldn't believe it. I was like, yo, this is scary. Like I'm talking about me only. Like I had to say a speech about me for five minutes. And that was like the hardest thing I've ever had to do in my life. So I'm very grateful for this, um, this avenue and this opportunity. It's really cool. I'm excited for you. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to what that brings along. Mm -hmm. Um, Happening for me, I am spending the next week at the Facebook offices. Very cool. That is fun. Um, Learning new tricks and things, seeing what Facebook has going on, Instagram. Um, So that is fun. And we'll see what happens and grow from there. Is the headquarters cool? It is cool. Well, we don't get to like roam around the headquarters. Okay. <laughs> you stay in your space and your place and don't touch Facebook's things. But it is very cool. Uh, tomorrow we're in a different location, which is outside of the building. But very fun to be around folks who are the innovators, curators of and creators of this huge ass platform. The biggest platform in the world. And some things they don't even know. So let's just say that it's so big that they don't even sometimes know. So it's really awesome. So shout outs to that. And yeah, if you guys have any questions, comments, concerns, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Are you pointing? No. (laughs) It's a thumbnail one. Mm -hmm. Um, And double tap. on uh subscribe to us follow messy mondays podcast don't forget we have a website messy mondays podcast.com 
to get more information, to be able to email us, access us. Our email is also messymondayspod at gmail.com. Um, Instagram, Twitter. Um, yeah, and that's about it. Spotify, Apple Podcasts is where you can find us. And you can find me at Love Marley, L-U-V-M-A-R-L-E-Y underscore on Instagram and Twitter. Yes, and you, and you can find, find show me at S-H-O-M-I underscore E-N-T. That's S-H-O-M-I underscore E-N-T. And um, guys, if you're in Seattle, if you're in Miami, if you guys want to network, if y'all want to grow and expand, you know two people right here. And just hit us up. Hit us up. Uh, and thank you for listening to Messy Mondays. Have a good week. Bye.